0: hello my lions and lionesses this is jordan slaughter aka goldilocks and these locks have some tangled up real life experiences to tell you guys welcome to my universe what is up my people it is friday and a great day to be alive once again By the time this podcast drops I'll actually be on my way to escape the world for a while. Much needed me time. So I cannot wait to talk with you guys about this episode while relaxing through my social media platforms. You can DM me on Instagram at slaughterfitness and let me know what you think about this episode and I will reach back out to every single one of you. Also, please feel free to share my channel with friends and family and leave a review. You guys have been so 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 supportive about this new journey of mine and i cannot be more thankful for all the amazing energy you guys have been sending my way i've really fucking enjoyed putting out these last ones for you all and you guys seem to dig them as well so i am happy my goal is to keep putting out content that can resonate with a lot of you guys and set shed some light in certain areas in regards to our modern world after my last episode with bailey I was kind of struggling to think about what I wanted to put out next for you guys. I knew I needed a subject that is affecting us all right now in our day-to-day lives, but I didn't know quite what. That was until the recent tragedy and protests in West Philadelphia reminded me that I owe you guys a story. Now, I won't even lie to you guys, this is a tad bit of an emotional topic for me, so it may get a little deep in the end but bear with me. Growing up I was pretty well educated on black history. I knew the disturbing fact that slavery used to be the backbone of America. I knew that if I were born in the 20s I wouldn't be able to sit next to a little caucasian girl my age but until I saw firsthand how ugly ignorance and racism could be in person I didn't really understand This evening, I will be unraveling the events that went down after I proposed a peaceful memorial in honor of the African-American people who lost their lives to police brutality just this year. I hope you guys brought your tea to sip on today. You'll need it. Okay, I'ma set the scene. It was Monday, May 25th of this year, and I was lying in bed, lazily scrolling through my phone. By this point, all of us in the United States had been in about two and a half months into a nationwide quarantine, so scrolling through the gram had become a daily habit for me. After a few minutes of that, I started to realize that a video had been consistently reoccurring on my feed. I paused for a second and realized that what I was watching was a man being slaughtered in broad daylight. I was speechless. My phone screen was showing me a police officer kneeling on top of a man's neck. This man looked like he could literally be my dad. Like actually, he looked about his age and he was the same skin complexion. This man looked so defeated as he just cried out that he could not breathe for nine minutes. And it was clear that the officer had no intentions of letting even a little pressure off the man's neck. I could not breathe myself while watching this. I watched the murder over and over again on my phone, in my bed. I watched a man's life literally get taken on my phone, as did hundreds of thousands of other people. This shit wasn't a movie. It wasn't a prank. No one came on the screen and said, Just kidding, this man had been killed in broad daylight by a police officer who is not ashamed to show his face and the video was now spiraling everywhere. And it's just really crazy to me how so desensitized we are to this. Like me watching this, that shit was normal. Like in movies, we see all this horrific stuff so our brains like aren't registering most of the time that this shit isn't normal, like this isn't okay. And I just remember my boyfriend coming in the room, and I couldn't even form words in my head. I couldn't even tell him what he was watching. I could just remember turning my phone screen towards him for him to see it. And he didn't even wanna watch the entire thing simply because of how horrific it really was. And the crazier thing is that this was not the first time this year, a melanated person had been slaughtered in broad daylight by a police officer or even just a Caucasian person in general, and it to go viral. This was not the first time I heard of a melanated person getting treated unfairly, harassed, or even killed, and no one moving a muscle to help them or their family in this dark time. But this was the first time I was truly fed up with it. I was so fucking sick of seeing my people get killed over shit that others would simply get a slap in the wrist for. And being in isolation for all those months did not help. We had been forced to stay in for months with really just our family and our phones. So seeing this video in an already uncomfortable time period just made my emotions 10 times stronger. I know throughout this quarantine, we've all been under a huge amount of stress and depression, like just a lot has been going on. And being in isolation has really forced us to be battling with some internal things. So I was already struggling with some emotional um, factors going on in my personal life. So on top of that, seeing this video, it was just really, really rough on my mental health. And for the rest of the day, all I could see was George's, George Floyd's face just being smashed into the pavement. I could literally hear him screaming out, I can't breathe and crying to his freaking mother. Do you know what it takes for a grown man to cry out that they need their mother? I could not get the scene out of my head for the rest of the day, no matter what I did. I didn't have any dreams that night, but the next morning when I woke up, I knew what I had to do. I hopped out of bed and started making phone calls. These deaths could not just simply fade with time and be forgotten. They needed to be talked about, remembered, and memorialized by the fucking mass. I called my best friend at like nine in the morning off of like four cups of coffee and told her my plan. I wanted to hold a peaceful memorial in honor of George Floyd and the other African-American people who lost their lives to ignorant hatred. I didn't know how we were gonna make it happen but i knew we had to now guys please bear with me here for this part of the story because i want to make it as short and as juicy as possible but so much went into the next few series of events so after i called my best friend up and told her my plan for the memorial i put together a list of strong african-american young adults around my hometown in an attempt to organize a powerful group to lead this memorial. I knew that during quarantine, during seeing this video, the time period of this, that many of us were affected by it. I knew that it hurt a lot of people to witness something like that, especially in the time of quarantine where we didn't really have many options and places to socialize with one another and to communicate about this important movement that was happening while we were all sitting in the house. So it took me about 10 to 15 minutes to finalize who I wanted to help lead this event, create a group chat, and get us all pumped up to speak about this. Because again, it was a strong topic. It is a strong topic on all of our hearts, in all of our minds right now. So this shit was wild. We had so many ideas. We had so many thoughts that we could put out there to help um, speak out about this huge conflict in the world. This event was going to be huge in our minds. It was so, so, so important for us to get our message out in a nice, organized fashion. We were aware that so many people were in full support behind us, but we were also not blind to the hate that we would be receiving for for speaking out about this topic, especially in Aston, Pennsylvania, which is such a diverse town It is predominantly white, and these topics aren't really discussed here, so for us to be bringing this conversation to Aston was a huge deal. Now, before I spread the word on my social media platforms, I had to do one of the hardest steps in my eyes. Call my father. If you know Ulysses Butch Slaughter, you just know, and I'm going to leave it at that. My father is ex-Navy and his cold stare could leave any man withering in their pants without him even saying anything. It's just his natural presence. If you know him by dad though, the game changes. My dad has now devoted most of his life to speaking out about forgiveness, reconciliation in broken families, and environmental racism, specifically in Chester, Pennsylvania. But above all, again, he is still my father. And I knew this event that I was about to take on, I needed his guidance in. So, I put my big girl pants on and proceeded to call the bear. I told him about the whole plan that I had come up with in my head that involved a few guest speakers, singers, news station coming coming out, and all that good jazz. Now, my dad is a very strategic man, and he knows that I can be slightly spontaneous and sporadic at times. So... While he said it sounded like a great plan and he was in full support behind it and he was happy that I was so amped up about this topic, he wanted to make sure that I was doing it for the right reasons and that I was truly aware of what I was getting myself into and what this would mean for myself and the group. When I look at it now, I didn't. After getting my father's optimistic go for it, I proceeded to handle the nitty gritty work of this operation. Now that I knew that I had his support behind it and I would be insured other extra resources if need be, I was set and ready to go. I made sure that my family was also, my full family was also aware of this event because I knew that it would affect them in some way. After this, I created a quick little flyer that had all the details of the memorial laid out It would be on Sunday, May 31st at noon at our local community center. I made sure that the CDC guidelines were laid out on the flyer because, you know, at this time COVID's happening and that was a huge deal for a lot of people. So I wanted to make sure that that was installed. And from there, I sent it to everyone. I sent it in the group chat. I spread it all over my social media pages and the group chat spread it all over their social media pages. By that evening, the flyer was everywhere. There wasn't a page that I did not see it on that day. Nearby towns were talking about it. Government officials were reaching out to me about it. News reporters were emailing myself and the group back and forth, trying to get the details of that event laid out. Shit was hitting the fan. And while we were getting major support from a lot of people, some were very not too happy with this idea. We got a lot of negative feedback, too, and people didn't want to have this discussion brought to here. They didn't see it as an important discussion, which, in our eyes, was a huge discussion. A day after the flyer had been spread around, the group and I and also my family decided to take further precautions and make sure that our local police knew this event was about to take place on Sunday. My friend and I initially went up to the station together to see who we could speak with about this. We wanted to make sure that this event was as organized and as safe as possible. And we also actually wanted to get our local police's um, support behind this and have them shed some light in this conversation as well. The first time we went up to the station, we spoke with an officer about our event and ensured him that everything would remain organized and that CDC guidelines would be enforced. We wanted to run our event as smoothly as possible and wanted him to know that we intended no negative outcomes for this event. Any negative outcomes that possibly were to come out of it was not us and we wanted to make sure that they were aware of this. We wanted to speak our peace at this event, raise awareness in our hometowns and neighboring hometowns and that was that. Now, when we went to the police station, um, again, we initially met with an officer. He was very helpful in this. He was very communicative with us, and he did give us his support. He basically said, though, that because of everything that was happening between um, police and kind of protesters and ralliers at this time, they did want to maintain a certain distance away from this event. So he did ensure us that there would be extra police um, out there on the streets that day. But for safety precautions for their side, they wanted to make sure that they were just a safe distance away, which we could understand and respect. Again, this event, we just wanted to be simple. We wanted it to be a positive message to get out there. We wanted to raise awareness about this topic and let people know that we were thinking about this. We were discussing this it was important to us. So we just wanted it for all ends to run as smoothly as possible and for everyone to feel comfortable in this very uncomfortable situation. So after the flyer had been sent out, after we had the initial meeting with a police officer in our hometown, a lot of stuff was happening. A lot of things had to go into actually organizing this event so it could run as smooth as possible. Our group members needed um, leadership roles. So we had to assign that. We had to make sure that we could keep the audience calmed down in a certain way. We had to make sure our timing was perfect so it wasn't too long. It wasn't too short so that our messages could effectively get out. It was supposed to be a sweet, simple event. That was all we wanted for that. Um, And again, we were in consistent communication with our hometown police, and they were very good about just keeping us informed about what was happening around the community in response to this. Um, So after a few days, we're still organizing things. Things are looking, looking well for the most part. That was until the day before the event happened. Philly was going up in flames. People were mad at this time period. A lot of people were really hurt. And I don't think people really understand what, how quarantine affected this situation to make people even more upset. We were trapped in our house, guys, for months. So just all these emotions have been bottled up inside for such a long time period. And when something this traumatic happens, people's natural emotions are going to be just to like lash out. People are upset, people are frustrated, people are angry, people are confused. A lot of shit is going on. But again, Philly was going up in flames in response to the recent death of George Floyd. So the day before our event was supposed to happen, my friend, my sister and I are pulling up to my house and we see a cop car sitting in our development. Now we're thinking, oh, I think there's a cop at the end of the street that might live there. So we're not really thinking too much of it. We go inside, we're still talking about our event, still talking about our ideas. When I get a phone call from my dad and he says, are you home right now? I say, yes. And he's like, well, there's an officer walking up to the door. We're like, what? What is happening right now? Like it was just, it was was crazy. A lot of stuff was happening really fast. He was like, this is some stuff you got to be aware of. You have to be cautious of. And I'm thinking like, what the fuck is he talking about? What is about to happen? So we go outside, the officer is walking up to the front door. He says, hi, it's the same officer that we've been in communication with through this entire process. He comes up to our front door and just two seconds later, my dad's there, at a, coincidentally, of course. um, He strolls up, so all four of us are talking, my friend, the officer, my dad, Um, we're all just standing there. I think I had some siblings with me there at the time. We're standing there, we're talking, and what the message was the officer is trying to say to us is everything around the world is going crazy right now. Philly's up in flames. Philly's about 20, 25 minutes away from our hometown, so pretty close to home. A lot of shit is happening, and essentially, the chief of police of Aston had requested that this officer come to my house and say that they didn't want us to have the event anymore, due to what was happening worldwide. Again, they had seen so many events that had just turned wrong. Even if they were intended to be peaceful, even if they were intended to be just memorials, they went just south and they didn't want that happening here. Now, initially I was just like, okay, one, you're coming up to my house. This is already kind of weird. Um, but again, you know, police have that kind of information, whatever. Still kind of weird, just kind of caught off guard. Um, and now you're also asking us not to hold this event, not to speak out about a topic that has really been sitting on all of our minds and weighing on all of us. And we wanted to speak our piece, but we also understood the safety side of it. And we wanted to make sure our message got out without any disruptions. We never intended that to happen. So we kind of paused. We, at the end of the discussion, we came to terms, we weren't going to have the, Memorial. We were going to shut everything down, make sure everyone was aware of this too, get it out on social media. But we didn't want this just to be like, oh, well, now we're done. We got told no, so we're just going to end it. We wanted to figure out what else we could do. After the officer came to our house and told us it would be better not to hold this event, we were just left feeling pretty bombed. We wanted our message to get out, and we kind of just felt like our voices had literally been shut down. But my dad did say something to me that kind of resonated with me in this time period and left me feeling a little bit better about the event getting shut down. And that was the fact that we spread awareness throughout our hometown. We got people talking about this throughout our hometown and neighboring hometowns around us. And that was half the battle because this isn't a topic that everyone wants to discuss and nobody really wants this to be on the front page of the news cover. So he just said that just getting people discussing this, having people being aware that this is happening and that people are emotional about it, was just half the battle. And that did leave me feeling a little bit better, but we still wanted to do more. We understood the safety reasoning behind it not being able to happen, but we still wanted to let people know that this topic was going to continue to be discussed. So, after he left, we came together as a group and started discussing other ways to share this message. And we came to the conclusion of kind of just having a small discussion in Chester with some government officials, with police officers, with the mayor of Chester, with some health and safety officials, with some attorneys about what we can start doing better to spread this awareness and to let people know that black lives matter. And when I say black lives matter, I am not referring to the actual organization. I am referring to the fact that my little brother should be able to walk down the street and to not have to worry about getting killed that day or being harassed that day. That is what I mean when I say that. Um, We shouldn't have to worry in our own home, in our own uh, country. We shouldn't have to worry about waking up and maybe not being able to make it home. So in this discussion, when we had this open conversation with a diverse group, we came to a lot of solid conclusions. We had some very educational discussions. Like if we were a bystander, say for example, if we were the bystander in the George Floyd instance, What can we do as an individual in that moment besides just recording and getting that on footage? What can we do in that situation? What ways can we tell the officer you shouldn't be doing that because of this, this, and this? When we have that education behind us, we can actually start being able to help one another because we know what the right thing is to do in those scenarios. So having that conversation in Chester definitely opened up a lot of different doors it opened up that communication but we knew it was just words and there's so many actions and steps that need to be taken after that discussion so after the meeting took place we were all just kind of drained um at the meeting i was also joined by some of my siblings i was joined by some of the original group members team leaders um and some friends and colleagues. So it was just a great educational conversation and we knew that more needed to come out of it. We knew this was just a beginning step but having that initial conversation just was a great way to open the doors to this bigger discussion. It was a great first step but again by the end of the day we were drained. That day had been so emotionally exhausting from start to finish I remember in the beginning of that day, my dad, and my siblings and I were kind of just driving around Aston, seeing people's anticipation um, and hopes that the event was still kind of on. There were extra police officers strolling the streets that day, just making sure that people knew the event wasn't happening and kind of just keeping a calmness over the town. I remember there was police officers actually posted outside of the community center just to kind of ward people away from it and let them know that the event was no longer on. And I also remember that there was just a lot of stores that kind of thought the event, the memorial was going to be something that it was not. So they had boarded up their windows in anticipation for something that wasn't even going to happen. Um, But again, by the end of the day, we were just so drained. Uh, we kind of just recollected our houses and just took a little bit of a break. So again, now I'm speaking about Sunday, May 31st, 2020, and it was just, it was a long day. So at the end of the day, we recollected in our houses. I was with my boyfriend, my sisters at the time, and we were just kind of talking about the events of that day when we received a text in the group chat that some of our group members were still deciding that they wanted to do a drive-by honk in honor of the people who lost their lives this year due to police police brutality Um, they still wanted to um, memorialize them in a certain way and just still spread that awareness so they decided that they were going to do that We kind of were a little bit blindsided by it, and by we, I just mean the people that I was with at the time. Um, But we wanted to go out and support them and see what was going to happen and what the outcome of this drive-by honk would be. So we gathered our stuff up and went right back out to the drive-by honk up at Five Points in Aston. Now, if you know Five Points in Aston, you know it's almost the heart of Aston people come in and out through this section. It's one of the main intersections in Aston. So myself along with three others, we drive up there, we park in the Dollar Tree and we're sitting and we see our friends across the street in the middle of this five points intersection on the sidewalk. They have signs, it's about 15 to 20 of them. It looks like a, a vibrant, a positive atmosphere. They're spreading the message. They're spreading awareness that Black Lives Matter and that mass slaughtering of African-Americans needs to stop. It was a beautiful thing to really witness and see firsthand. So myself, along with the three others, we walk across the street. Now, at every five points in this intersection in a parking lot, there are police officers stationed. We recognized a few of them. So my friend and I, we went up to a few familiar police officer faces And we just said, hi, how are you doing? The normal. Um, And then we relocated back with our friends in the middle of Five Points. We're there for about 15, 20 minutes. And at one point, I actually went back across the street to talk to one of the police officers, just kind of about how the meeting in Chester went. We were discussing that briefly. When I was sidetracked by this, I didn't see this maroon Jeep come around once, um, the first time at five points in the intersection. I didn't see them come around the first time. I was in the middle when they came around the second time. Now, in my viewpoint, again, I was not there the first time this Jeep came around. And I know if you have been following my social media pages, if you've been following me through this time period, you guys know where this story is going. I wasn't there the first time the maroon Jeep drove around, so I didn't know there had been an incident, a negative incident in that matter, um, so far at this drive by honk, The second time this Jeep drove around, I look back because I hear screaming and I see a familiar face. I had went to high school and graduated with this familiar face that was sitting in the maroon Jeep passenger side with an American flag in their hand. And this familiar face is screaming and again, I knew this familiar face. He was a friendly, familiar face. So I'm sitting here thinking he's screaming, gang, gang. That's what I hear when he's far away. But as they start to get closer to where I'm standing in the middle of the Five point sidewalk, I hear loud and clearly he's actually screaming, the clan, the clan!" over and over again, smiling with the American flag in his hand. And the driver proceeds to stop in the middle of Five Points where I am and just in this time just everything around me gets dark and cloudy and I'm just focused on the driver and the passenger and they're both just sitting there menacingly smiling it just felt like it was right at me like I just make direct eye contact with them and the older gentleman in the driver's seat he looks at me he points to me and he says you n-word you better watch out the clan is coming my heart sank so fast. Never in my life has fear rippled through me so quickly. I've heard stories about the Klan. I grew up knowing that their hatred for African Americans went so deep. I just remembered all the stories with Emma Till getting dragged away in the night and left on a train track, like, and just so, so many things just immediately went into my mind and i was left in fear i was left in fear for myself fear for my family i've never i've never heard those words directed at me i've never been a victim of that kind of ignorance and that kind of hatred and it just left me in shock i really didn't know what to do in that moment so i just remember standing there looking around like did he really just say that like did those words really just come out of his mouth Um, And I just I just remember being like just at a loss for what to do next. And I just looked around and there was about three other people just kind of around me. I remember one of them had actually had their phone out recording the entire thing because they had seen the first time this car came around. They had heard that they were throwing negative slurs. um, So they were already prepared for this. And it was just it was just a reality check. Like I went to high school with this person, I thought they were a friend and it was just a reality check that hatred runs deep. Because when I think on it too, this, like he didn't just, the child didn't just grow up and get this mindset. Like it was learned from his father and his father probably learned it from his father. Like this is just so instilled in certain people through generations and it becomes almost a fucking, um what What's the word I'm looking for? It becomes almost a ritual, like it almost becomes a um spirituality, a way of life, a religion. That's the word I'm looking for. It becomes a religion to people. This is just the way they're brought up and instilled. But again, I was just standing there and I just I was blank. I was at a loss for words. I just remember just kind of looking around like, is this a dream? Did that really just happen? Um And it just those it was almost about a 15 second interaction and it just felt like the longest thing ever. Like I can just distinctly remember this man pointing at me and looking at me with such hatred and disgust in his eyes and then just driving away and almost hitting a car, but hey, whatever. Um, And it was just it was so disturbing and all I could think about really was my family in that time period And again, I've never i never experienced something like that. So it just left me at a loss for words But after I kind of pulled myself together, I just immediately took action I went back across the side where the officer that I knew was standing and I had the video from the person who took it and I immediately sent it to his supervisor phone so they could kind of see the interaction because I instantly recognized that that was a threat. On my life, on the other African-American lives that were there that day, present at the um, drive-by, I knew it was a threat and I knew it needed to be brought to the authorities as soon as possible. So I made sure that that happened instantly and about 10 minutes later, the drive-by honk was um, shut down but we were just at a loss for words everyone there there were other people who had been best friends with this person for forever and it was just it was something it was something to witness and really insane to witness and to this day I sometimes don't believe it happens but I can distinctly remember the fear that just rippled through my body and never feeling anything else like that. And to this day, I'm I'm not concerned about me. I have no fear in the world. But my family living like that, like I can't imagine the other people are even in worse conditions who have to live like that. I just I could not. The recording, the video recording again was immediately sent to the police supervisor phone. And from there, um, my family and I went to file charges against this man and a court case did surface out through this. Um, I have gone to court already for this instance, but I will be disclosing that story in part two of Hey Aston, Let's Discuss Black Lives Matter. There are so many different things that I want to touch on with this movement because it's it goes so much deeper than the surface. Um, But what I really want to touch on at the end of this episode is that this time period is so, so, so stressful for a lot of us. A lot of us like are just going through it between COVID, Black Lives Matter. We've had a lot of tragic deaths. The world is just simply a mess right now. It's just simply in chaos. And that's why I feel it is so important to take a step back sometimes and just Really remain as transparent as possible with yourself first, before anyone, with yourself in this time period. Because a lot of shit is hitting the fan, guys. And if you're not okay in yourself and in your own head, this world is going to fuck you up, like majorly. A lot of shit is happening. And you have to be okay in yourself first so then you can handle the outside world. That's why I talk so much about the self. And just making sure that you're grounded to your own reality, your own morals, your own um, your own purposes as much as possible. Because if you have that under lock and key first, these external conflicts, all of the shit that is happening in our daily lives right now, you'll be able to control it a little bit more easily. You'll be able to have your emotions under control a little bit more easily when it comes to these certain topics. I know that, again, in the beginning of quarantine and when this George Floyd incident happened, like I was just an emotional wreck. And during the time, I physically was not taking care of myself as best as I should have been, and I mentally wasn't taking care of myself as best as I should have been. And it really fucked me over, especially when that video surfaced. It just made me feel even more shittier. So this shit is not stopping right now. This movement has been going on for mostly the entire year now so far. COVID has been going on for the entire year now so far. So making sure that you're taking a step back from all this external bullshit and making sure that you're okay first mentally and physically is so crucial in today's world right now um, because this shit is just going to keep happening It'll be another virus next. It'll be another movement next. But if you're not okay in and of yourself first, all this shit is just going to continue to eat us up alive. This fear-based world that we live in is going to continue to eat us up alive. So I know that a lot of stuff is happening. A lot of stuff is spiraling out of control. Those That week that I just went over with you guys was one of the messiest weeks of this year for me Um, and if I had been in a better mental state, in a better physical state, I probably would have taken it on a little bit better. So just making sure that, again, your mental state is calm and under your control first so you can then worry about your external world is so crucial. My life matters. My family's life matters. Your life matters. All lives matter But Black lives are under attack right now and need to matter right now. We have been used as a pawn in this game of life for far too long and it's time to put a stop to that. There is power in the people and I've never seen so many people speak out about this subject of the mass slaughtering of African-Americans consistently as I've seen this year. And this is only the beginning Things are going to continue to be fucking horrible for a time period until we the people give a pushback and say we won't stand for certain shit anymore. It's time to put the power back into families. It's time to be having these open conversations and open transparency more than ever. We have been allowing our people to get murdered and absolutely nothing being done about it. We have stopped respecting ourselves and holding ourselves to the highest values. We have stopped thinking that we could be more and take control back of our lives. And that time is over. And I will not stop saying that until I see a dramatic change. This topic has so many different angles that need to be discussed, and I will make sure to touch on all of them with you guys. In part two, I will actually release the story of the actual court case and will do my best to keep you updated with that. I will give you a spoiler though, so far we are winning this battle and I hope we get the results we deserve to see in the end because so many court cases don't get to see that. So if this can be a happy ending, I will be so excited to share that with you guys. And if not, it's just another lesson. But from here, my friends, I'm going to actually wrap up the ending of this episode. With that, my good people, I'm going to wrap up this episode for now, but this topic is far from over. There are so many conversations that need to be happening around the Black Lives Matter movement, and we will hit on all of them in the future. I plan on bringing out a lot of guest speakers to have these open discussions and conversations with so you guys can get all the angles, all the juices, and all the teas as I promised you in this podcast. But with that, I am going to wrap up this episode with some juicy, positive affirmations. I am protected. I am good. I practice kindness. I spread peace. I will be wise today. I will be patient today. I will be happy today. I know I matter today. I am blessed. I am stress-free. I am at peace. And with that, my good people, I will holla at you next week. See ya.